0: stuff boy baba let's come through ever clutch flawless, can't be touched it's your boy baba let's yeah i need that hot take i need the truth and everything that is not fake welcome back Bubba bunch to another edition of the bubble hut sports podcast it is episode 228 and today we continue our evaluations on draft classes and we got some cincinnati bengals action for you Uh, If you want more of a condensed version of the draft class and a faster pace, highlights film on them so you can visually see it, go check out the YouTube channel and check out the video that will come out very soon after this podcast comes out. But if you like more of an in-depth look and just an explanation through my voice, then here we are and you're going to enjoy it. Damn right. I'm feeling a little under the weather, but we're going to bear through it. We're going to power through. Now, I will say... Cincinnati Bengals, kind of in the hot seat this year. Joe Burrow coming off that injury, which is going to be tough, especially of how bad it was. Uh, Zach Taylor in his third year with this team. I think this has got to be a year to where he's got to progress and make some improvement in order for him to keep his job. But coming into this draft, we really got to talk about how important it was to protect Joe Burrow. I literally put in my draft needs for the Bengals protection for Joe Burrow. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter what position. Just get help, especially on that left side that is very young at this point, very inexperienced, filled with a lot of guys that are still not even that far off from their draft classes a few years ago so it's very important to get the experience on the left side like it is on the right side so uh, any protection really for joe burrow is important in this year's draft i also got to talk about the other line which is the defensive line pass uh, or pass rushers run stuffers in the middle some type of playmaker that they address somewhat in this year's free agency, they went after Ogun Joby out of Cleveland and they went after Trey Hendrickson out of New Orleans, who did have an amazing year last year over in New Orleans. And they did get some help in the backside, but I think they did improve somewhat in the front seven part, which still needs to be addressed in this year's draft. So, defensive tackle, defensive end, which they did a pretty good job of, it. we'll get to it in a second, but uh, I think that was their most needed type of thing. Uh, a lot of websites, a lot of analysts and experts would say that kicker was important. I'm not going to put that as a draft need because really like you can address that at any point. It's not really a necessity that you have to do it in the draft, but... It's there, if you would like to know. And lastly, I know that they went after some guys in free agency this year in the cornerback position or secondary in general. Uh, They did go after Eli Apple and Shadobi Wougie, some of the names that went after there. Um, Really, uh, as a Cowboys fan, I'm not going to say that Shadobi Wougie should be a starter on this team. He's not even really a talent that should be a starter in the NFL. Uh, I think he's a good backup guy, but to be your number one or number two corner that's not a very good place to be considering that he is undersized and lacks that athletic ability and agility that you would like in a corner Eli Apple you know started off hot coming out of college of Ohio State I'm a Buckeyes fan so I can understand how good he was in college really struggled to find his way in the NFL so maybe a new start in Cincinnati can do it for him overall though I would like to see more talent and more addressing to the cornerback position because Trey Waynes and Von Bell are really your best guys in the backfield, but I want more athletes back there, especially if you want to have a one-two punch with Trey Waynes and somebody else. Jadobi Wishi just doesn't do that for me. So corner was a necessity for me personally. Uh, So let's get right into it in the first round. We go with the number five overall draft pick, and that, to me, I I mean, my instinct is to go with what you desperately need the most I'm not a guy that will say you need to go for the best athlete or the best prospect because maybe you just don't need that position Uh, now wide receiver maybe if you're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals who got rid of John Ross and AJ Green uh, AJ Green was banged up and injured throughout his time in Cincinnati so really I, I don't think he was that much of a loss to Cincinnati especially with the Uprising of T. Higgins last year, and Tyler Boyd's one of the most productive guys, underrated guys in the NFL. John Ross was that just athletic freak with that speed that if he worked down the NFL, you're gonna get a great deep threat that you could just send downfield and you'll just make a play. Uh like a Sean Jackson type. He just couldn't stay healthy, he couldn't stay on the field. And when he was on the field, like it was just, it wasn't the same. Like he was in college. So now he's at New York. Maybe they do something with him. Uh, it, it's tough, but I think T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, them together, and Sample at the tight end position really stepped up for them last year. And yeah, they they could use another wide receiver. But do I really need to address in the first round? I don't know about that. I think there are some talented guys in the second or third round. It's it's a what if situation, but who knows, right? So with the fifth overall pick, I was thinking you know, Slater, Panay Sewell because he was still there. I was thinking offensive linemen because, of course, you need to protect Joe Burrow. They did go for the best athlete really in this draft at that point after Kyle Pitts is off the board. Wide receiver out of LSU, Jamar Chase. Now, no doubt about it, this man is the best receiver in this draft class I mean he belongs up there to what they were last year in that draft class uh along with Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase opted out of 2020 he he worked on his skills Uh, I mean that group of guys at LSU were just phenomenal to watch in 2019 and Jamar Chase was in the front runner because of that so he's an a plus player for me there's no doubt about it he's well-rounded he has great hands his route running ability is the same as Justin Jefferson so if you're looking for a Justin Jefferson 2.0 but really the previous version of that like like Justin Jefferson Goes number two to me against Jamar Chase, but they just went in different classes. Uh, I think this guy will have a stellar year with Joe Burrow, and, and they get back together. Former teammates at LSU. I really like this this group of guys that Joe is going to throw to. I mean, if you talk about the first five guys off the death chart for the Cincinnati Bengals, you got Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. If you want to put Sample in there, you can. But those first five names are going to be fun to fucking watch, man. I can't tell you how fun it will be off T. Higgins coming off a great rookie year, even though Joe Burrow wasn't there for more than half of it. T. Higgins still put up numbers as a rookie with like Ryan Finley as his quarterback. Like he had no one throwing to him, yet he was productive every single week. I loved having him on my fantasy team. So having Jamar Chase along with him, this is a great dynamic duo to have in the NFL, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow who were amazing at LSU. Uh, Coach O is proud to to rep the Bengals for for this season. But I mean, you can't blame them. Jamar Chase number one receiver on my class and a lot of people's classes there's no real weaknesses to this guy. I mean, really like what, what can you really say to downgrade Jamar chase going in the top five? He is the best receiver. If you want to go Devonte Smith, go right ahead, but I'm taking Jamar chase as a more well-rounded wide receiver with more size that can get those 50, 50 balls, and jump up for those balls, but also just run around with that route tree all day long. So Joe Burrow, he got himself a nice, nice weapon to go alongside T. Higgins this year. So, you know, I, I was ready to say like, oh, this is a great pick for the player, but what else are they going to do in this draft? Are they going to address the offensive line? And it came in the second round. They addressed that issue, and that's why I think Jamar Chase is an A-plus pick because they went with Jackson, Carmen, in the second round guard out of clemson i give this an a grade he will start at guard on the left side this season Uh, i did love his film for a second rounder he is one of those top guards and top offensive linemen in this draft look you're not going to get a Panay sewell or slater in the the second round those guys are gonna be gone but this is one of the next best things he drives into his blocks i mean he good. he takes the fight to the defenders he doesn't allow them to bring it to them he plays his game and i really like that great at finding a body and going for the block at the second level and driving through those blocks when i tell you man that this guy likes to finish the plays he loves to finish the plays. locks up most times he will struggle At times against fast rushers, I mean, that's really going to be a big thing when you're going to pass the second round or pass really the first round is guys that you know are strong and they have brute strength and they will lock you up. But if you have great hand technique and speed, those are going to be a lot more difficult. So I can't really knock them heavily for that. You're going to see that a lot throughout the rest of this uh, evaluation and throughout the evaluations in the future. But against fast pass rushers, he will... Kind of lose that block. I hope to see improvement on his anchoring ability. I, I sense a lot of strength though that he can build and build as the years go along. So it's not really a devastating thing to his stock. I think this is a great pick for the Cincinnati Bengals to get that protection on the left side alongside Jonah Williams as of right now at left tackle. But give some security. I mean Clemson LSU Alabama they're they're going to give you some really good offensive linemen and Clemson This is one of those guys that will really give you productivity from the very beginning. He will start He will give you that that fire and that drive from the very beginning. So Joe Burrow will feel more comfortable in the pocket So once again, I give it an A grade we move on to the third round This is where I start to really love what the Cincinnati Bengals do and it starts with Joseph Osai This look I I know I say this a lot when it comes to just generic like uh, like playing around or or joking around. When I say that this cat can ball, man, like I say a lot in winners and losers. If you're used to the podcast, this cat can ball, man. Just go watch his film against uh, Utah in the Alamo Bowl in 2019 this guy was everywhere you could not get rid of him and he was the MVP defensively of that game he was the spotlight player to really watch in that game it was amazing to watch him play this cat can ball man field awareness for me was his biggest strength Just knowing where the ball is and knowing where the play is going at all times, it's absolutely remarkable watching this guy play. I think he's a steal in the third round considering how athletic and how agile he is. He's just a freak athlete. And it's all because of his speed and his agility. Now, I can... I can really tell that like the inexperience at edge is what made him fall a little bit in the draft because he he is versatile at playing linebacker and edge rusher, but only played edge in 2020. So he only has one experience or one year of experience at that position. But that's why I love him is that you can utilize him in different ways, not just at the edge rushing position. Not to discredit what he did in 2020, this man still put up good numbers and solid film for only being at the position for less than a year. He's going against some of the best offensive tackles in football, and yet won a lot of those battles, used his speed to his advantage, and just put up really good film at all levels. Really, You can sense that there is still some room to grow with this guy, yet... I think this is a guy you take that chance on because you can use him at linebacker and rush and blitz him from the inside or on the outside using his speed he can set the edge or just go attack. I mean the point of attack man this guy is really really fun to watch. A monster when he gets the advantage inside I love that he utilizes that a lot more than some of these other pass rushers It's typical that they want to go around the offensive tackle on the outside. But if you can just set the tone inside and use that threat uh, intelligently like this guy will, oh man, this guy brings a level of intensity and playmaking ability that the Cincinnati Bengals need on that front seven. He's exactly what they need, an unpredictable athlete that you can just put anywhere. You can put him on the left side, right side, or in the middle, rush him through there. This is going to be a concern for a lot of offenses in the future. And give him a year or two, I think this guy will be one of the most electric guys in the NFL. I love him that much. Defensive end out of Texas, man. I, I can't tell you enough how much I loved watching this film and just was wowed by it. Wowed by it. Uh, like I said, struggles breaking a block um, with stronger offensive tackles because he's only been in that position for for a year or less than a year with good coaching which I don't know if he has the best coaching in Cincinnati but if, if he can build and build as the years go on this guy is going to be amazing to watch in a few years and you're going to remember the name Joseph Asai so I give it an A I really do still some work to do at the edge uh, rushing position so I'm not ready to say A plus it's going to take a lot for me to say A plus but A is definitely a, a just a solid grade for a third rounder Like Joseph Asai. Moving into the fourth round, we saw a lot of activity from the Bengals. We start off with edge rusher out of Tulane. Cameron Sample, I give this a B. Ideal size for an edge rusher. Another guy just like Osai that can find the inside and attack. Nice bull rush with his strength. Not elite, but nice. Um, Watching his senior bull film, it was impressive. He can either stand up or put a hand down. Uh, with his techniques and be versatile in that sense Uh, but he does lack an elite trait you know nothing really stands out as his best thing I think he's a well-rounded guy Uh, he he can be something to this uh, this defense but as of right now he is number two behind Sam Hubbard Uh, you could see him play a good amount. He's not my favorite defensive end or defensive player in this draft class for the Bengals, but he's good, not great. Hope to see some improvement on him. Him alongside Fred Jackson at Tulane were really fun to watch. I mean, those guys together were, were putting up pressures and putting up really good stats. You know, they're not going to put up all the, the sack numbers, but they were pressures. There were hurries and And I I like to see that in a guy that we can build off of. So Cameron Sample, you know, good pick, not great pick in the fourth round. Um, But uh, I stand corrected when I say the fourth round doesn't have a lot of great guys. When I say that defensive tackle out of LSU, Tyler Shelvin, who we'll talk about a little bit more in uh, in uh, later in this podcast. But Tyler Shelvin, man, an A-minus grade for me. He's 6'2", 350 Long arms, long arms and ginormous hands, wide frame. And it, it, it just, you're saying, like, Bubba, like, what do you what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I'm telling you, man, that this is one of the best one-trick ponies in uh, in this draft. I, I mean, it was amazing to watch this guy play. Um, look, he, he's a run-stuffer with a little bit of quickness to him, which is surprising for his size, but he is going to be that guy that disrupts the run inside and makes you feel uncomfortable like he's not going to put up sack numbers you're not going to see him alongside Aaron Donald or TJ Watt. you're not going to see him next to those names you're going to see a guy that's going to put a percentage of of rushes disrupted or QB pressures something to that level that goes unsaid or, or goes really unappreciated in a lot of people's eyes or casual football fans. This man is a body inside, whether he plays nose tackle or just an inside defensive lineman. This guy will be a name, you know, eventually some point this season with the Cincinnati Bengals. And to think that he is going to be alongside Ogunjobi and Mike Daniels it is he's going to learn a lot from them, but I'm sorry, DJ Redder, I, I, I think that you're going to have a lot of competition on your hands because Tyler Shelvin's coming for your job. This man, when I tell you he's a wide frame, he's a wide frame. bulky. I mean, he he's built like a square. He's literally, he has broad shoulders. This dude's amazing considering like his build and his, his frame. But I'm telling you, man, that if you want to see some really good film on a guy that can stuff the run, and just being a disruption inside, Tyler Shelvin's that guy. He opted out of 2020, so he's had a full year to really just chill and work on his abilities. He's going to be that one-trick pony, which is a blessing and a curse, considering that you're not going to see much more ceiling out of him. This is what he's good at, and this is what he's going to be best at in the NFL. So in the fourth round, some people would say, oh, well, you're getting a guy that's just not going to be you know, overall or well-rounded at some point in his career. He's just going to do this for you. The Bengals were not only bad at giving up passing yards, but he, or, or they were just in general one of the worst teams in the NFL at stopping the run. They could not stop the run. They're like top, bottom five in the NFL at stopping the run. You don't think a guy like Tyler Shelvin will at least benefit from this to be in a spot to where they desperately need a run stuffer in the middle? and they can get that ranking back up, dude, this is this is one of those sleeper picks for me. I, I don't think this is my favorite out of all of them. But it's definitely up there with a needed position for the Cincinnati Bengals and will be an impact very early on in his career in Cincinnati. I love this pick. I really do. Uh, We end the fourth round with offensive tackle out of East Carolina. Deontay Smith, I give it a B plus. Look, this guy needs a lot of work. He still needs to be more technical, more fundamental when it comes to his blocking ability. He played left tackle at East Carolina, and he puts up good film. Look, from the very beginning, once you watch those games and that film, you notice immediately who he is. Number 67, he is long. Long arms, dude. 35 inch arm. That's a long wingspan for a 6'5, 305 pound guy. Jesus Christ! I can't tell you enough how big he looks on the field. He jumps off the film with his pure size, like I said. His senior bull workouts look great, surprisingly better than what I would assume at guard. So he can play a little bit of guard as well. Didn't see a lot of his starts at guard at East Carolina. But you're not going to beat him with strength. There's absolutely no way you're getting past this guy with brute strength or muscles. No, you're not going to do that. Much like um, Cameron early on, or or Carmen, excuse me. uh, He's going to get beat sometimes with great hand technique and speed. Just because, I mean, those long arms, if you get past them or past those arms, you're going to beat him. Because that's his best trait. Uh, Gets pulled off the block at times with run plays by just you know putting his head down and using that strength if he can just get smarter and and a better football IQ and Understanding his strength and using it to his ability rather than just trucking someone or driving someone This guy in a few years can be a starter on this offensive line and take over at left tackle but I tell you man that this is gonna take some time and hopefully he will have the same coaching staff as the years go on. I don't think so, but hopefully it works out in his benefit. But I tell you, man, if he can build that work smarter, not harder, you know, work smarter with your brain rather than just your muscles. Deontay Smith with that baby face can be dangerous, can be scary at left tackle. So B plus for this guy based on the physical traits and isn't the worst guy athletically. He can, he can still run a little bit. He can pull. He's not polished yet. He's not polished. I like to use that word a lot. But I tell you, man, this guy has a lot of potential. And he can be a starter in two or three years if he can just understand more of the position and polish it up a little bit. But I like that pick a lot. Fifth round, uh, they only had one pick, and that's kicker out of Florida, Evan McPherson. Now, we're not going to talk about a kicker a lot. He had good numbers at Florida. Look, anything's better than Fat Randy at this point. Randy Bullock cost them a few games last year, and I say that lightly. That they should have won at least two or three more games. I mean, they 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 actually didn't win like or they didn't lose. Ah, no. I I'm I'm being kind. 4-4-11 four and, four and 1 and, and that one tie they should have won that game. But it was because of of Randy. You know, Randy cost them that game. I'd say they'd be six, seven wins on the columns if, uh, if it wasn't for Fat Randy because, like I said, Joe Burrow kept them in those football games. So it, it's time that Bullock leaves Cincinnati. You go with McPherson, but I, I don't think it was something that you needed to address in, uh, in the draft. There's plenty of free agents out there that could have done the same work, but wh- whatever. I, I mean, I'm not really going to give a grade to this because you never know with kickers. They could be fantastic or they can be terrible coming out of college so who knows um, I'll, I'll just leave it there for now we move into the sixth round and we get center out of Georgia Trey Hill I give this a B minus he's a well-rounded blocker that can play both center and guard which is great for Joe Burrow it's another body you can throw on that offensive line if there's injuries or there's just bad play he comes out of Georgia he's played something against against some of the best SEC guys that are just huge I mean ginormous which we'll get to in a second Played with significant pain in 2020. This is key in deciding whether or not he's going to be an impact in the NFL. He played with significant pain in his two knees or both knees in 2020. So he didn't play the full season. He only played a few games and then he ended the season and just decided to recover after getting two knee surgeries to repair his meniscus or meniscii, whatever you want to call it for both. Um, And that's very interesting to me because this guy played – at an elite level, high level, against some of the best teams in the country with this pain. And really, when you watch the 2019 to 2020 film, there's not much changing. But you got to think that with this guy playing with that pain, and he's still playing at this level, I mean, he's going to give up some plays. And you see it to where he, he his legs give out, his knees give out. And it, I, I would assume that it's based on these, these pre-knee surgery meniscus that, that need to be repaired. But even with that pain, I I think he's great at getting to the point of attack and picking up blitzes. I mean, he's very, very experienced when it comes to playing at center and picking up those blitzes. He he double teams very well. He gets to the second level at a good pace. Uh, And like I said, we just talked about Shelvin. Shelvin being just an absolute monster inside. Well, guess what? Now they're teammates because Trey Hill played against Shelvin in 2019 when it was LSU against Georgia and that great LSU team. He actually looked really good against Shelvin, too. I mean, they went back and forth. So now as teammates, it's really fun to watch. But, you know, 2019, there were enemies. They were going at it. And Shelvin versus Hill was a nice battle to watch. I'd recommend going and watching that in the SEC Championship in 2019. Um, When you look at the experts and the analysts that say that the weaknesses of Hill are that his pad level and his knee bends aren't to the level of the NFL – Like his knee bend isn't exactly um, perfect when it comes to getting to the point of attack. So if he misses a block, it's because of his knee bends or his bad pad level. Well, I would assume that like maybe a little bit of that is because of the knee problems. It's because he can't bend that far. He's got torn meniscus like on both knees. Like you can't really bend that much with that much pressure as far as a over 300 pounder goes to bend that way. So hopefully with a recovery time of what over a year now with those knee surgeries maybe he's improved his technique and his fundamentals at at a level to where he will only get better as time goes on now the knee problems are an issue so that's why he fell into the sixth round but I think this is a well-rounded backup guy for now that has the potential and the upside to maybe be maybe be a a uh, starting player In the NFL maybe not with this Bengals or or maybe some of these guys leave but right now he's listed as the third uh, center but I could I could see him at right guard as a backup there or left guard as well maybe even uh, you you throw Carmen into left tackle and then throw in Hill at some point at left guard who knows but I think there is some upside to this guy to where you can see him play in the NFL remember the name so that's why I give it a B minus I'm not I'm going to be honest like those knee problems are an issue but I think there's there's potential here Uh, they also went with running back out of Michigan Chris Evans in the sixth round Now, this is a very intriguing one to talk about look he's a nightmare when it comes to taking him down because he has elite breaking tackle ability I I mean it's amazing how easy it is for him to break tackles and I think that's one of the best traits out of all the running backs this year like they just don't want to go down he long strides with his long legs That you could see it, you could see how hard he works to keep those legs going. I mean, they're they're heavy at times, but the man gets all of his strength from his legs, and that's something that kind of stood out to me in film. And he's a natural pass catcher. He's, I mean, he literally looks like a wide receiver at some points in his film. Now, let's talk about the weaknesses and the cons of Chris Evans because there are plenty to choose from. He was suspended in 2019 because of academic issues and didn't play much in 2020. If you look at his stats, there's not much efficiency there because he didn't play much. He barely make it, he made it back on the team after the suspension in 2019. So if you really want to look at the film and the highlights of this guy, it's it's coming from 2016, 2017 because he has been at Michigan since 20 uh, or 2016. So it's been five years, and he had to work his way back up after that suspension. Um, and, and really, he fell because of that. Um, because of the issues off the field he isn't explosive as well when it comes to his speed of it and agility a lot of those Cincinnati Bengals blogs and and websites are gonna tell you that this guy has explosion and he's super agile I'm gonna be honest he doesn't have that ability he doesn't have those traits he did run a 444 in his 40 which is pretty impressive Uh, but he's more of just a downhill runner with that long stride so in the open he's gonna have that advantage but Breaking tackle ability is his best thing. Um, and finally, fumbling problems, fumbling issues. That's a real red flag for me. And I just really wouldn't take the chance with that out of a guy that that may be behind Joe Mixon and P. Ryan. So I get it. Giovanni Bernard is gone. So you needed to replace him because the Bengals do that. I, I mean, you've seen that in many of their seasons to where they're a committee backfield. Uh, Joe Mixon has really helped that issue with being a number one guy that can be three downs all the time. Yet, I, I like that backup ability, and Samaj P. Ryan's pretty nice. Uh, I mean, he had some starts in the NFL throughout his career. Do I really think that Chris Evans was the right choice here? Probably not. So, I give it a C. I'm more leaning toward the D side, but, I mean, he does have some some nice abilities when it comes to being a third down Or third backup uh, type of running back in the NFL, so he's there. I'm not going to bash on him too much, but you know it's been a long road for him. So you know respect to him for getting back to this point. We end it with the seventh round pick, and I will tell you, man, this might be my favorite pick out of all of them. And uh, it's just me going for the underdog, going for the guy that's not going to be talked about a lot. Osai is going to be my favorite player out of this draft class, but. Let's just talk about it real quick. Defensive end, Kansas State, Wyatt Hubert. This man jumped out to me in film. I mean, he w- he made me laugh at how unbelievable he was off the jump. Acceleration off the snap and finishing of a play. Never giving up on the play is what I love out of a guy in the later rounds. He put up numbers at Kansas State. Eight and a half sacks in, in a... Depleted 2020 season with only 10 games under that season, he had eight and a half sacks. Well, guess what? In a full season in 2019, he had seven sacks in 12 starts. Somehow, this guy that doesn't look like an ideal pass rusher, he is a bit small, an average size maybe, or below average size for a defensive end. This man has incredible speed off the snap, a breaking and tackle ability against some really good offensive tackles and finishing off plays. He he just continues to go, go, go. The engine on this guy is absolutely insane. So I can understand why people like experts and, and analysts will say that oh this guy that's why he's in the seventh rounder. Like he's just not the ideal size you would like in a defensive end especially for a team like the Bengals that need a defensive end so he's not going to be a starter he really isn't he's the fourth guy on the depth chart when it comes to a defensive end but i, I gotta give it to him man this guy was fun to watch go watch him go watch him i'm not going to recommend a lot of guys in film but th- why one of those guys he really is i loved watching him at how unbelievable how unbelievably fast he was at at the point of attack and rushing the quarterback. So there's got to be something to it. There's got to be, it's not just luck when it comes to getting eight and a half sacks in 10 games. That's efficient. That's efficiency at its finest, man. So I would love for him to get a shot in the NFL. Look in the second team, if he can work his way up to being the third guy or even the second guy alongside sample, I actually like Wyatt a little bit more than Sample, but I can understand the size differences that why you would prefer Sample as a defensive end. But Wyatt, you get a B out of me. Lack of size, but you make it up for the hustle and the drive. So credit to you, man. I think this is a steal in the seventh round. I'm not going to lie. Give him a chance. Let the boys play, in my opinion. So that wraps it up for the Cincinnati Bengals draft class evaluation. Overall grade. I'm giving this team an A. I I liked their draft class. It's not going to solve all of their issues. They didn't address the cornerback position, so maybe that knocks it down a little bit to maybe an A-. minus. But I think this was worthy enough to where you have playmakers on the defensive side now. You get the Jamar Chase, which is fantastic. You get the protection multiple times. They addressed it a lot in this draft, so I can't blame them for taking those shots against some of those lesser offensive linemen. They have protection. They they have an opportunity to give protection to Joe Burrow is what I'm trying to say, but defensively I think they hit a home run on Osai, they definitely hit a home run with Shelvin, and honestly why not give a chance to to Wyatt why not right so the defensive ends defensive tackles were were what some of the best picks in this Bengals draft class and I'm telling you man this defense didn't have a lot to offer last year their best game was possibly against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night and that was because of the animosity and the rivalry but I think this defense can now make something work it's not going to be fixed in a year and who knows if Zach Taylor and this coaching staff is going to be there after next year However, I think now in this draft class, you have something to work with and it's been probably the most fun draft class I've watched all, uh, or not all year long because I've only done it for like a week, but for, for the, for this entire time so far, I think this has been the best draft class considering what they needed and what they got out of it. There's plenty of upside in these later draft guys, like even the six rounders, I can see potential in, but those fourth to fifth rounders oh man, I, I'm, I'm liking these a lot. And even, even the seventh rounder, I was pretty impressed by. So overall, this is a great draft class for this Bengals team that just needs to make a move. They, they need to make some waves in the AFC North. So they may not win the division. They may be last once again, but you solved, or, or you at least answered a few questions about what are you going to do about Joe Burrow and his protection and What are you going to do for getting playmakers on the defensive side of the ball? And I think they've answered a lot of those questions. Who knows what will happen as far as their rankings go. But I liked what they did. And this is just based on their draft. It's not based on what they're going to do this season. Based on the draft, I'm going to give them an a I really like their draft class. So this is going to do it for the evaluation of the Cincinnati Bengals. We will be back uh, very soon with the Miami Dolphins. And then later this week, we're going to have some podcasts with Kevin and a new guest on the uh, Bubble Lut Sports Podcast. So keep that in mind later this week, probably Friday is what I'm thinking. So stay tuned for that. And we'll see you next time on the Bubble Lut Sports Podcast.